In the words of the legendary Lou Gellerman, hello, dog fans, and welcome to the Sound the Siren podcast, because everything matters. And obviously, tell me if my audio goes shitty. (laughs) Oh, I will not hesitate to tell you. (laughs) In the words of the legendary Lou Gellerman, hello, fans, and welcome to the Sound the Siren podcast, because everything matters. We're about a week out from Husky football, folks, uh, and I'm joined this evening by Hood Husky, J-Cap, DJ, K-Woody, UW Squints, UW F-Mac. How's everybody doing tonight? Awesome. Doing good. good. Go dogs. All right. Go dogs. Go dogs. Yeah, we're basically, what, eight and a half days now? Um, uh, What's everybody drinking tonight? Uh, F-Mac, go ahead and lead us out take us out of the gate here oh yeah it's gonna i'm gonna lead off really strong i've got some red boxed wine that i'm trying (laughs) the economical option (laughs) nice i I, i'm in a similar vein or a a similar fruit so um squints how about you yeah i'm going with water right now i finished a uh uh, one of those trulies that jacob has on screen right now i don't know I'll hand it over to Jcap. So, uh, what truly variety do you have there, sir? I got a, a, a lime truly this evening. Mm. Great choice. Good. How about you? Uh, I have once again a uh, Wendy's lemonade. <laughs> there you go. I'm keeping a nine alcoholic. It, yeah. It, if if DP can't be here, somebody's got to drink lemonade for him. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Hey, DJ. Yeah, DJ. How about you? It's uh, still no laws with the claws. Yeah. No surprise here. Got the claws (laughs) going with the mango right now. You know, uh, as you guys tell, it's a frequent flyer of mine, but I just always have it around, so that's why. Yeah, and I, uh, I I went, uh, I went wine this evening, and I'm working on a uh, expedition from Canoe Ridge Vineyards uh, Malbec from Horse Heaven Hills. So, not bad. Nice. Not bad. We will dig into it uh, with uh, our, our one of our usual uh, topics: stupid tweets. Uh, uh, I'll uh, I'll start and uh, shout out uh, our friend uh, and frequent appearance in the frequent uh, um, mention contributor. Free, yeah, frequent contributor <laughs> to this segment. Uh, Sco Mike B basically saying that UW and and the University of Michigan are the same athletic programs. You know, used kind of used to be good at football. Oh, Michigan's a little bit better at hoops, but that's about it. Um, yeah, well, you know what? As a Husky fan, when it comes to our football team, I'll I'll proudly be compared with the University of Michigan that they are, after all, the all-time leader in college football wins. Uh, yeah, just. There, 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 there's there's for no no depth to which his stupidity will not sink. It's definitely on brand, right? <laughs> Honestly, right, we should just call him part of the the Sound the Siren family at this point with how much we talk yeah. about. Him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the Sco, from now on, it's not stupid tweets. It's who channeled Sco Mike B. <laughs> Sco yeah. Mike B. Stupid. Yeah, he exactly. needs to sponsor it. Yeah. <laughs> All right, any other ones that need to be uh, shamed or, or laughed at? Go ahead, DJ. I'll leave the other one up to somebody else that we're already talking about. But mine is kind of a tweet, but it's more so an article by uh, Justin Hopkins. Call, call him J-Hop. He had a, an assessment of UW this year. And just the one thing that stuck out there was he said that, <laughs> that UW is not physical or talented at the line of scrimmage. 
and, and and we have no depth on the line and and depth on yeah. the line of scrimmage is a concern. I mean, you can have your opinions about UW, but like that's one thing like is not factual in any way and just idiotic. Yeah, J Hop. I used to follow that guy years ago. Yeah. That was a Yeah, mistake. even even ESPN, those boneheads know that like our line is a strength. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, you don't have to pay attention that hard to know that. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, all right. Uh, any others? Uh, I have uh, Peter Burns. Um, never heard of the guy before, but I think he's also an ESPN contributor. He said one could argue that if the AAC joins forces with what remains of the Big 12, they would have a better football product than the Pac-12. Yeah, nah, not at all, man. No. Uh, can you name Can you name a school in the AAC outside of Cincinnati? It's UCF. Because UCF. Like yeah, UCF. that's about. But yeah. that's about it. You know, UCF. Wow. UCF fans were all in the replies on that. It's like the AAC is already better than the Pac-12. Shut the fuck up! What are you even talking about? Group of five. It's clickbait. Clickbait. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. For sure. True. All right, let's move on to uh, a happier topic. And we, since we talked last, or, or since we covered recruiting last, uh, we have had three commits. Um, we'll we'll start with Ryan Otten, uh, who we I think we don't need to go into super depth on Ryan. Uh, I think we covered him at, at pretty good length in a previous episode. But again, I, I, I rewatched some of his tape. It's it's beautiful film. Runs like a freaking deer. Um, is physical. Is not afraid. To, has an element of nasty as a blocker. Comes out of a run, a run first offense that will you know with weight with with our program will be a great inline blocker. But it has that capacity with his capacity and his speed to be able to be that kind of flex tight end and kind of split the split the difference between what Cade does and what, you know, Hunter Bryant did in terms of like a split out tight end in our system. Anybody else on Ryan? Dude can move that. I mean, it doesn't take anyone that really knows football to, to see that he can move on film. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm not the biggest X's and X's and O's guy, but I mean, it's not a not a secret. <laughs> yeah, being in an offense and at a school that um, prioritizes blocking, uh, it's kind of already an advantage. Um, I would I would say more so. Um, looking looking forward to seeing how he develops as a pass catcher um, is, is what I'm most excited for. I kind of see more of like a Quentin Moore type of uh, build mold. Uh, maybe may, may not get that heavy, um, but definitely want to want to see how his body kind of fills out as well as how he develops as a pass catcher. It seems like Terry is kind of the pass catching tight end on that team, uh, Tumwater. So excited to see him, um, what, senior year, and then also develop uh, as a freshman uh, with his pass catching ability. Yep. Yep, and, right, and I think he's – I'm not going to say he's going to be better because that would be tough. That would be tough to follow. But he's further – to me, he's further along than his older brother was – at this stage in high school. Uh, so that can bode well for the future, whether, you know, he is better or not. Obviously it's still yet to be determined, but yeah, I live in Tumwater, so I'm excited to go to a game or two this year to watch him. Nice. Yeah. It's uh, yeah. I think, I think something I heard somewhere or saw somewhere was that, you know, Ryan, uh, Cade might've been further along a little bit as a football player, but Ryan is, looks the tape looks like a better pure athlete yeah Um, one of the things is as i kind of rewatched it today that i don't think i noticed as much the first time around um 
was on a couple of his defensive highlights. There was one where he just, he, you know, he both in time, the snap count, but you, that quick first step, like, and he just blew up the quarterback in the backfield, just like, and it was not particularly close. Like, I don't think the lineman even had a hand on him and that, that quick release, you know, you know, when we, we do bring him in close to the line of scrimmage, uh, and tight that, that release is going to be very nice. Um, but let's go ahead and move on to, uh, Denzel Boston, wide receiver out of Emerald Ridge down in Puyallup, who wants to talk about Denzel first. Um, I'll say, yeah, uh, really love the pickup. Um, it, uh, seems like a safe bet with all these decommits. <laughs> seems like a safe bet to grab somebody that's probably not going to be looking elsewhere, uh, best offer out there. But as far as ability is concerned, I kind of see like, um, Definitely playing like a uh, Jermaine Curse kind of role, um, but he already fits the mold of the the, the receivers we have on roster. Um, Polk Rome, um, these big bodied kind of fifty fifty guys um, who are strong after the catch, a little wiggly after the catch. Um, he has very strong hands. Uh, was seemed like the best natural receiver or playmaking receiver <clears throat> in that FSP Air game. So excited to watch him develop, and I believe. Uh, Jake Shackle is his quarterback at Emerald Ridge as well. Yeah, like a top 15, 20 quarterback in the country yep. um, for his class, so he should get a lot of looks. Um, yeah, so excited to watch uh, watch his senior year as well as uh, excited that he's a pretty solid fit in what we kind of already have uh, brewing on offense. What class yeah. is that quarterback in? He's a 24, I think. Okay, 24. Same as uh, Cole Wolliver who was a Washington kid and is now down at Texas and shackle, I think is three spots in one of the rankings that I looked at today. Um, yeah, I certainly, you know, I, I, I agree with hood, everything you said about Denzel, definitely a red zone target. I think like the first five or six <laughs> plays of his highlight tape, were all red zone. Um, Gosem gets it, you know, hands catcher, which as much as we've had some issues in the receiver room and reports of them not being able to catch the ball and having trouble catching the ball, um, he wasn't letting it get into his body a ton. Uh, the only one other piece that I wanted to call out is there was a play with a, you know, basically a scramble throw play where the quarterback was leaking out to the right. Um, and he had the, you know, the play had long since broken down and he had had the instinct um, to work himself kind of into the short corner of the end zone. Uh, and get in, like everybody was kind of milling around in the back back of the end zone, and he kind of found a little pocket of space to be open for for six, which which I liked. Um, anything? Anybody else have anything to say on Denzel Boston? Okay, we'll move on. And a final commit uh, that we've had come in recently, and in, in no, this isn't in chronological order, but is uh, corner T.J. Hall out of I think San Joaquin, same high school as Jalen McMillan. Uh, Hood or anybody, what do you guys think on TJ? Um, ball hawk. That's uh, definitely what I noticed on film. Um, kind of has uh, a plus athleticism. I, I would see um, not necessarily quick footed, not super fast, but um, seems like he's that versatile scheme fit we like. Can maybe shoot a shot at safety, um, either of the positions, maybe shoot a shot at corner slot. So um, I would see like that Jacoby Covington mold where, you know, your first one to three years on campus, you're just playing everywhere, trying to figure out where you kind of find your spot. 
Um, but once again, kind of a, a guy like Denzel Boston, where it's like, how much competition do you have for him? Do you have to worry about a decommitment? And this guy can be a, a lock in your class um, to build. So, yeah. And I do think, I think with one of the things that I think is interesting is that he did play a fair amount of read option quarterback uh, in his highlight tape. And I think having that instinct and that experience on the other side of the ball is going to be a really interesting piece to add um, in terms of being able to being, you know, to see it from the other side of the field. But I think, um, Anybody else on TJ, or, or should we move on to, to the less happy side of, of the recruiting game of late? Let's do right, it. Let's, let's, uh, let's, let's jump in. Rip, the, rip the Band-Aid. Yeah. Yeah, rip the Band-Aid. Uh, you know, obviously, decommits from, uh, you know, over the course of the summer from, you know, a commit and then a decommit from Mark Naboo, uh, a commit and then a decommit from Ben Roberts, who we uh, pretty well raved about on the on on a previous episode. Um open the floor who, who who wants to jump in and you know talk about what they think's going on what needs to change crickets no one has an answer yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. basically man uh, you can make uh, as many excuses as you want man but yeah it's not getting the job done you know? i mean the, it's worth noting that i think the difference between um you know mark and ben is that i think we actually pulled Ben's offer, right? Where it was, he had decided that he wanted to do other visits. It was a conversation. And then it was like, all right, if you want to do that and you're not quote unquote committed anymore, then, you know, you don't have your spot. Whereas Ben, it sounded like he, like he actually decommitted um, versus us pulling the offer. And it sounds like the coaches were in contact with him, trying to kind of keep him, keep him warm, keep him in the boat. Um, And ultimately, you know, there was enough, you know, enough noise, enough people in his ear that that it was shaky and he decided to, like, continue to evaluate. Um, so, yeah, it, it's it's frustrating to to see that for sure. I mean, you wonder, like, you know, what's wrong? It feels like, um, you know, this is a new thing, right? We're kind of not used to this. We're coming from the Peterson era where, you know, the whole when you commit, that's a real thing and that's how we treat it. And now I think Jimmy's trying to push the boundaries a little bit, and I think he's feeling it out um, in kind of this new this new world. Um, so it's interesting. I mean, and you know, we've talked about you know Sir Mel's before and Anthony Jones, right? Like, so this is something that's not just like a anomaly, right? It's happened a couple times now, and so hopefully we're figuring out what what it is. Um, you know, what's the balance between getting guys excited and emotional to make that commitment after the visit and then, you know, keeping that commitment solid and keeping them excited and not just ignoring them and assuming that the, that the commitment is going to be solid. Right. Because people we have to know this by now, like when we make an offer after that, people are going to be chasing. Right. And they're going to fast follow with offers like we have to know that by now. And so we can't just say, all right, great. You committed. We assume you're in the boat. We're just going to, you know, not show any more love, not call you. Uh, that doesn't work. It doesn't seem like. Yeah, no, it, it it definitely doesn't. And I think, I, I, yeah, I think, you know, there's a reason for concern on both of them. You know, certainly Marcus and in-state, you know, and an in-city kid that you hate to, you know, like we need to have a pipeline to O'Day. And if O'Day has, has a, a talent that is, Washington offer cap, you know, of Washington offer caliber, we have to sign that player. 
Um, I think Ben, it, it's it's different in that, but it, it's also it's you know nigh on to an in-state program like with our success in at that position with what we've done on the defensive line and what we've done from you know and who we've pulled from East High School specifically. That's a big, you know, I. That's a that's definitely a cause for concern, and I, I certainly I've seen some rumblings elsewhere that certain programs are using changes to the environment to just carte blanche, go nuts, and and truly go full SEC. I don't know if we should talk about that in depth, but um, I don't think it would surprise anyone. Uh, I, I see there's like a, a competition factor as well. Um, it seems to have the on-field competitive nature down. Um, but it doesn't seem like him or his, his staff has really got the trickle down from him uh, about being super competitive on the trail yet yep. and, and found his identity there either. Um, it doesn't seem like there's a lot of pushback whenever somebody else takes their guys. I hopped on here and, and mentioned how uh, David Shaw mentioned about how 90% of their recruiting process was their visits. And he said 90%. And I kind of said like, well, if, Stanford's is 90. Ours has to at least be 70, 75% of our process. Um, so I made the excuse for them and saying, hey, man, we couldn't have visits. So I think that's what it was. But we got visits, commits from the visits, um, and they decommitted. You know, so and then you also see somebody like Stanford who is who's, you know, hit the trail with a vengeance when they're able to visit, get visits there. I think they now have a top 25, top 20 class. Um, just had a couple big time guys uh, alongside one of our targets we had on a visit. So just, just kind of honing in on that competitive nature on the trail and then not making any excuses yeah. at this point. Yeah. Yeah. And I think and I there's really... also a factor of uh, guys that want to, to do it as a group and uh, get that energy of, of the recruiting class going. Cause I mean, we heard a lot hmm. about how a guy like Ben Morrison or Tevarua uh -huh. that you were alluding to uh, hood, um, that reportedly wanted to commit or, or did commit silently or whatever it was. And then <clears throat> we're told to hold off. Uh, and then you see guys that did visit on that, that weekend, like Ben, um, that back off their commitments because we've all been kind of talking about it a little bit in the group chats of there's no energy in the, in the recruiting class. There's no uh, seeming or there's no, feel of, of the guys really want to be a part of it and um hood you also kind of talked about it before with uh commits as recruiters we don't see any of that energy at all um there's just no like momentum uh as far as our 22 recruiting class is concerned at the moment and it's so weird because coming off of that visit weekend everyone was riding so high I remember in the group people were chats, talking about it beforehand yeah, too. Yeah, people were, <laughs> for weeks. were hyped up for the the recruiting visit, and it was coming up, and everyone was talking about it, and it just fizzled out. And I yeah. can't stand Zach Edwards on Twitter. Oh gosh! But if we look at that string of tweets from that weekend now, I hate to say it, but he was kind of right. Like nothing really all that significant when all is said and done came of that visit weekend except for a Mecca, which I'm thrilled that we got a Mecca, but Denzel that visit weekend. As well. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. 
but and as far as that weekend in particular, was Otten there that weekend that, as well? Uh, oh yeah, yeah, Otten. Yeah. Okay. That was a given, though. He was going to commit regardless. But, it, but it's, but I mean, it's yeah. not a given. Like, stand, like for a prospect like him, you know, Stanford's history at the tight end position is not necessarily. That's true. Like, but I'm like, like to we were to supposed it. to get Morrison. We were supposed to get Tevarua. We were supposed to get Ben. We did get Ben, and then we lost Ben. So <laughs> if you look at it, our track record through the Peterson era, as far as official visits to commits and signatures, is typically very high. Three percent. Yeah. Exactly. I think the, I don't remember his exact handle, but I think I think it's like something like Connor McAnalytics on Twitter. Like it's, or yeah, that like seventy three percent of our commits come like right out from people that did that come on an OV. Yeah, well, but then that. you look at that that weekend, and we we all felt really good about every person that was visiting that weekend. And did we? Yeah, I was gonna say, do we already have more decommits this last year or nine it's, months? Than Peterson ever had. It's, or, it's the same. Yeah. It's the same. Yeah, yeah it's like it's four, and and then it was four before. Yeah, but that's then, crazy. Yeah. And and I, I, FMAC touched on it. You know, I can go on a while for this because this has been frustrating. Yeah. But I was condensing like I, Jake's been uh, not Jake, but Jimmy Lake has been trying to do the Chris Peterson method of recruiting, and that's not going to work. At least not yet. He's got to establish himself as a premier coach for a few years if he wants to do that. That's that's how it worked with Peterson. And I'm not saying that Jimmy Lake should go the Oregon or the SEC method. Like, no, but he needs to find like probably a balance in between the two, most likely, which which I think would probably work, but I mean, you never know. So yeah, we need a, in our group chat, someone that uh, is pretty well known around UW, Twitter and world said that and something I've been talking about too, that we need to have more offers out there again, not the 300 offers, but I think, what are we normally at? Like a little above a hundred. If that. Yeah. And so I'm usually hovering around 75, 95 or something like that. Yeah. We should be offering like a hundred more in my opinion. And yeah, that's again, that's kind of like a balance between those, the Stanford UW way. And then, the SEC, Tennessee schools throwing out 300 offers. But, yeah, he just needs to find what works for him, uh, Jimmy Lake does, and hopefully he can figure it out soon. But yeah, can you go ahead, Spence. I was just going to say, it's it's going to get harder uh, here real soon. Uh, BYU's doing where they gave scholarship or walk-ons. You know, essentially what that means is, the the caps on how many you can sign here, right? And so that means the Alabamas of the world, the, the Ohio States, all those guys, you know, they're going to take more and more top talent uh, and leave everyone else kind of fighting for scraps. And how do you get into, you know, that upper echelon, even the, you know, not shooting for the 1A, but 1B at this point, you know, 1C even, uh, you know, when you're losing guys like Ben Roberts, that's going in the wrong direction. So he's got to figure it out soon. For sure. I mean, it, it's it's essentially it's going back to you know the days of the 105 scholarship limits, or there were or where there were no, exactly there, there were no scholarships lim, you know scholarship limits. Granted, the the players weren't getting any you know name name image and likeness name image and likeness compensation, and it was all in scholarship money. But you've got to figure that out. And I think that the thing that I was going to say is when the you know when pete stepped down and when jimmy was was elevated 
you know, they were both saying that this is, you know, this is a good thing and it's going to be a step in the in the right direction. And one of the, I think one of the key words that Jimmy said was, that, you know, we're going to be more aggressive. And if we're being more aggressive, like, I'm sorry, but the response, like, more aggressive is not decommits and we roll over and die. Like, that's just, that ain't it. Like, yes, I think there's an end hood. You've talked about it. And I think you're absolutely right that I think, you know, and I think the thing that needs to change and will change over time is you can't evaluate a, a recruiting class strictly based on what, what you get out of high school. Because the portal is a bigger factor now than it is ever, you know, than it ever really in transfers, and we are more set up for transfers. You know, I, you know, FMAC. There was a, I was just listening to one of our old episodes today where we were talking about like, can we get transfers in, and was Jen capping on it? Like, this last year with bringing in Bookie, with bringing in Jalen Polk, with bringing in Giles Jackson, we can play in the portal, but as we've talked about in previous episodes that's not a substitute for having success in, in the people that are going to be in your program for the entire cycle. Um, and so we've, we've got to get, you know, we've got to get after it. We've got to figure it out. Um, there's just no, I think it's, it's also, it's hard. Cause it's, it's, it, to me, it's a little bit like to be determined. Right. Cause I think squints, I think you're right. I, I do think that like, the disparity gets larger and the, and the talent gets more top heavy with the already established teams that can do NIL and stuff like that. Um, but also as the talent gets more top heavy, then the portal gets more valuable too, because guys want to play. Right. So there's like this weird kind of push pull that happens where I think as talent, you know, goes to places that have, you know, more NIL opportunities, but they want to play. Right. And NIL is in many cases, I think is going to be a very short sighted thing, right? 50 grand to sit on the bench. Yeah. Right. Um, so I think there's going to be a, a little bit of a swing here, but I really, I mean, Hey, I don't know. I, I don't know how it's going to all pan out. Um, it's, it's certainly not, it, it's certainly not fun to not, to have to, you know, it, it feels like Jimmy, if that is, if, if we're hoping for that, then we're kind of painting ourselves into a corner, right? Where, Hey, we're not that, we're not that great on recruiting high school kids. And so we're kind of hoping that the portal is going to come through for us, or maybe it's a combination of the two. And it kind of goes back to the, everything matters, right? You got to be good at everything. You can't hope that it's going to come your way. You know, if you don't catch, if you have a bad class that the portal is going to bring it back to you and you're going to get, you know, a, a five-star and Buki, right? You're not going to do that every year. <laughs> so well, I, I don't and, know. And one of the biggest spots on the team where we have a concern about the depth, there was a five-star that ostensibly liked us transferring from USC that ended up, I, I don't remember where, where PG ended up. Ohio um, State. Ohio State. Uh, yeah. Who was a teammate of, of uh, Pain is on way. Well, Henry kind G. of. <laughs> I mean... Um, like I, I'm sorry, but I think at this point, like, and with, and, and we were talking about Tafiti earlier. At this point, what is the point of having Bob, Bob Gregory recruit from the University of Washington? There's, it's just zero. Um, so here goes. Come on, Caho, come home, Caho. I want to hear it. Go ahead. Hood. <laughs> Second to UCLA now. Way to go, Ali. Sorry, sorry. Go ahead, Hood. No, you're good. Uh, here goes my whole persona, right? Um, Brandon Huffman on Dogman says this is it's early in the cycle. Like relax, like there can, there's still a lot of flips. What was TJ Hall? A flip, you know what I mean? So be patient. This process is nowhere close to being over. Um, there's an abundance of offers potentially 
that could be still going out. Uh, if we're if we're going to be missing on these people, we still got Hero Kanu to try to reel into the boat, who has a scheduled unofficial, which doesn't mean a, a, a lot, but we're on a list. Ich bin ein so, dog, please. <laughs> yeah, so, like, at, at the end of the day, you know, um, I would just say this is a this is a long game, you know, so. It is. Well, is because uh, I haven't really read any boards anywhere else except talking to you guys. Is Ben Roberts, is he really con- still considering us, or is he just, is it all Oregon, or is he kind of moved on? Absolutely. Anyone know? Absolutely. Um, I'll, I'll just say, um, based on that same interview, Huffman was saying, you can see a decommit from Washington, a commit to Oregon, and then a commit back to Washington just because of the proximity of family here. Team, the former teammates. The small conversations yeah. that could be had. You have a whole bunch of former teammates and friends who are still in communication with them. So this is a very fluid process, and that's why I just try to personally keep that stuff in perspective. This is definitely a long game. It seems like the, the, the staff was more focused on the season. I mean, I don't know if you guys kind of feel that, but it just seems like they were more focused on developing the culture, high, uh, the AD hires, uh, staff hires, things like that, kind of developing the on-field brand. It seems like they're kind of consumed with that, and I, I feel that. But, you know, we got a lot of time to be able to secure these people. Ben Roberts decommitted and hasn't committed anywhere else. Like, the, this is what happens at big-time schools, you know. Uh, yep. Jamison Williams transferred from Ohio State. I think Oklahoma just had a decommit. You know, these things happen, and granted, we don't get, you know, five-star players all the time, et cetera, so when we lock somebody up, it sucks when we lose them. But this is what this is what it feels like. We're going to be having these pods and these conversations all the time if we're going after yeah. the, you know, the, the big fish. So just keeping that in perspective, I, I, That's a good point. I'm not personally panicking. Well, yeah, and I'm not panicking, and I think a lot will be – there is a statement in here that will be inherent in what happens this season. And I think it, like we've talked about, it's, it's why a double digit win season is so important because it, it, you know, I, I hate it for Jimmy that his first season was a pandemic year and he couldn't, you know, that, I mean, it doesn't really count for anything in the PAC 12, at least because it was just such a, a shit sandwich. Thanks Larry Scott of no one can really like, 2020 proved almost nothing like did the games count in the all-time you know history books yes but it was such a you know you had teams playing seven games you had teams playing four games you had teams you know asu i think had like a three-week break between games you know shout out to them for their covid control um and but it (laughs) yeah Uh, um but and so much uh, we can make such a statement this year by winning 10 plus games and that's going to help recruiting. Um, I just, you know, like I'm not, it's not a five alarm fire. Um, I just want to see them ratchet the, the, I mean, let's just say it, the, the, the dog mentality. Like, I mean, we, we saw it with a Kaika a couple of years ago where Johnny Nansen stole his lunch money. And then for a couple of years, he owned everybody in the conference on the recruiting trail. It's like, if we wanted the guy, he got him and he's like, no, fuck you. I'm going to get this guy. And I just want to see that a little more consistently across all of the staff. Um, 
and and I you know I, like I said it, it's with a grain of salt I just I think we've seen it over with certain members of the staff over a couple of classes over longer tenures where them pulling in a great class is the exception and so that that's a longer term thing where if Jimmy, Jimmy wants to succeed at the highest level in his job he's got to look at that my two Anybody else? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Sorry, uh, laughing at the chat. <laughs> maybe not. Maybe not communicating like decommits, but uh, just a small list of folks that could be on the list. If you know, it, let's say we did reel in Ben Roberts, but let's say you know if we didn't, um, some people that were put on the list was uh, Jacobus Seth. He's currently yep. a Wazoo commit. Uh, Takari Hickel, currently an Oregon State commit, and then the um, the kid that. Uh, at a GK who went to Oregon, was it? Um, Andrew, I, I don't know how to pronounce his last S- name. Uh, Sav- yeah, Andrew. Sav- yeah, Sav- I'm not even going to try. <laughs> yeah. DJ, you want to shoot your shot? <laughs> oh, yeah, show me this how it's spelled we're, and let me try we're it. Not, we're not playing bingo tonight, so go for it, man. <laughs> <laughs> then, I have no uh, idea how it's spelled, but otherwise I would give it a shot. <laughs> I was trying yeah. to type in Jacobus Smith or Seth or whatever. And nothing even came up. I was so off spelling that, so I don't even. Well, and and the other one, I think DeAndre Gill, that that committed come on. Yeah, could be a nice edge prospect. Uh, even a demonic uh, Williams from Cal. Yep. You Just know the one me. who committed to Cal. Yep. Who we were already, and then um, uh, uh, Alemania guy uh, McKenzie, uh, I believe. Rashad McKenzie. Who, uh, yeah, yeah, who kind of had an hasn't really been on any of these trails or these camps or anything like that. So still kind of off the radar for us. So there's a lot of guys who kind of fit our mold um, and, and would also have that chip on their shoulder, um, you know, and also not too much competition for if we're their biggest offer and Jimmy's first legitimate class. And um, I also tell people to look at Chris Peterson's first class, which was ranked what I believe what 37, 38 or something like that. And look at the NFL guys in that. Tough, tough to hit like that, but look at the NFL guys in that. They're the foundational pieces to all of our to our most recent runs. So it's like, uh, yeah. Yeah, but I will say playing devil's advocate, the program that Pete inherited is a lot different than the program that Jimmy did. Agree. Agree. Yeah. All right, uh, before we move on, J-Cap wrote the name. I don't. I have no idea if this is first, <laughs> middle, or last name. That's his, that's but... the last name. <laughs> okay. His first name is Andrew. All right, <laughs> give it a shot. Sava Savaina. Oh god. Sava. Nia. Oh. <laughs> I can't even finish it. Sava Inaia. There we go. Sava Inaia. Is that close? Yeah. Nailed it. <laughs> cool. Respect for trying. Absolutely. Yeah. Andrew, if you're listening, I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Probably butchered that, but you know, we hope we hope you know you end up a husky we love you. butcher quarterbacks, but or but wherever you go, have a great career. And, you know, force us to love you, the guy across from Yeah. There you go. Exactly. Good point. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's go ahead and move on to to what we've, you know, kind of takeaways from fall camp. I know hood, I think you got made it out to, to some practices. Um, I wasn't able to get to anything, but certainly, you know, reading some things, but let's just kind of round table discussion, but hood, take it away. Oh man. Um, like what I saw, uh, I feel like there was a priority on like physicality. Um, 
there was an unusual level of like chippiness that was kind of, you know, Jimmy Lake says that he was like an MMA ref, like, yeah, I mean, Herb Dean, you know, it took you a while to get up in some of them skirmishes. Um, yeah, I just really love the attitude uh, of fall camp. Him also coming out and saying, you know, Dylan's the starter. That's kind of something, something new. Uh, it felt, uh, it, it felt really good. Uh, and then the, the time I was there, um, ran into a, a lot of the defense's uh, fathers, and that was fun. Michelle um, Powell, Powell's dad's awesome. Kind of seeing the energy, you know, from the fans, uh, the kids, the families, everybody super uh, riled up and excited. That's kind of my biggest takeaways, man, is everybody just having an opportunity to be around the program, um, the kids, uh, um, feeling the energy of the, you know, the fans. As far as on the field, um, like I said, just the aggression, kind of um, the team's embodying definitely what Jimmy Lake's kind of persona has been is that, and, and priority has been is that aggression, um, being mean-spirited, having fun, playing loose. So, yeah. Loved what I loved what I saw from fall camp. Oh, yeah. Can I, hey, Hood, can I ask you a question? Oh, yes, absolutely. Yeah, so I, I just from – and I wasn't able to get to any practices. Um, I was out of the out of the state. But, like, what from everything I heard, like, it, this is probably the best that the offense in the offseason has looked against the defense. I mean – is as, as long as I've been, I mean, not as long as I've been watching, but like ever since like death row and all that, like our offense always, always struggled in the off season. It was just a thing where like, man, you're not going to move the ball this year. It seems like the offense has really hit their stride a little bit. And you're seeing, uh, you know, them move the ball, them, you know, put points on the board against our defense. Now, you know, if I'm wearing my purple and gold glasses, I say, Hey, you know, John Don offense is looking awesome. You know, I, you know, it looks great. We never do this against our defense. If I'm being pessimistic, I say, well, hey, you know, PK exited. Maybe the defense is going to take a step back this year. I don't know. Like, what was your impression from from that? Do you think the offense is legit doing this against our defense? Or do you think the defense is maybe not quite on point to where they have been years past? I definitely think it's the offense. Um, Yeah. I think it's John Don taking that challenge personal. Um, and then having the extension of him in Dylan, uh, who's got that same kind of OC mentality alongside that alpha dog killer mentality, he takes uh, shredding this defense personal. Um, making checks at the line to like being able to see and read what UW's defense is doing and all these exotic fronts. Um, he is on a whole different level, uh, cerebral level right now. It doesn't matter what our defense does. He knows where the hole is. He knows how long to keep the ball slide up. He knows how long it's going to take for that crosser to come across. Like, it's it, I'm not going to say easy, but um, he needs to play a different defense. So this defense, he's I think he's got kind of figured out. Um, even to the point where, like, you look at somebody like Sam. Um, Sam's got some things figured out, too, about this defense. You know what I mean? So. Um, yeah, I would definitely accredit the offense. Like, yeah, I think Rome's catch in the last fall camp we were allowed to, to see was in a very tight window between Cam and Julius Irvin. It wasn't like he was super open. Um, so you see the Westover catch they showed. Tough coverage, but it's us throwing the ball and 
being accurate and, and, and keeping at it, not giving up on the pass game, you know, keeping at it. Oh, we didn't get that. Okay, we we going on this down too. So, oh, yeah. I think it's the offense, brother. That means uh, <clears throat> less less uh, dives up the, the A-gap on second and long. I'm, I'm all for it. <laughs> Let's hope so. <laughs> <laughs> Please, no. That's on Dylan to have more chances. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, he, he, when he was doing that last year, it was, if you don't get your, the read you like, then <clears throat> dive up the middle. Dive up the middle. And he was checking into those. So hopefully uh, he's yeah. got it figured out now. Yeah, and he's got a lot more surface area of playbook to check to, right? Like they've yeah. installed a lot more. He understands the offense better. Um yeah, so I, I, it's great to see that confidence because you could – I mean, I could see the just the feel that Dylan had for the game, um, even even with that, you know, minimal offense that we had last year, the run-the-damn-ball offense. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's a – you know, it was like, um, you know, play offense to not lose type of thing. And this year, it, it definitely – it feels like they're, they're able to install more, which is great to see. Um, that's awesome. Yeah. How many did how you many feel that also like sorry uh, hood or anybody else like do we I know that we announced that demo uh, like won the job I felt like from what I saw it was pretty clear cut um you know any other any thoughts on like was it closer was it was it close and you know Jimmy just wanted to give the nod and confidence to demo like I felt like it was pretty clear cut but anyone have any thoughts on on that how that battle evolved throughout fall I mean, I think the only I'll, I'll I'll jump in real quick and say I think um, I didn't you know see any practice to, to see in terms of how that battle evolved. But what I will say is I think I think it it Jimmy announced that pretty early in fall camp, uh, and then everything I've seen since talked about like it it sounds to me like you know sight unseen like Dylan took multiple steps forward even after that and really like took that. And then, like, rather than saying, like, oh, I've got the job, I'm going to be complacent, and I don't need to work as hard, it sounds to me, and shouts to Dylan for this, that, like, he took that, and he has absolutely taken that and run with it, and we, it really is, you know, his team, and he's like, you know what, all right, we're going to fuck some shit up um, in the good, in, you know, in a good way, um, you know, I, I think one of the next, it, and, I, and my timing might be wrong, but I think there was one of the, the next practices shortly after that was that, like, he took him 85 yards in a, you know, in a drill situation, you know, in a, you know, and, you know, scenario situation where, he, you know, hit a 25 yarder to one, to one receiver, a 30 yarder to the next receiver, and then a, a 26 yarder to, to put him in the end zone, you know, in a two minute drill, essentially. So shouts to Dylan for that. Yo, yo, J-Cab, what you topping that banana off with? What were you putting on? Peanut uh, butter. Are we starting another food oh, fight? Okay. All right. Oh, Peanut I just was wondering, he was put as a spoon, put on the banana. <laughs> Oh, okay. Simple truth, organic peanut butter. Gotcha. Pretty good snack, though. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's healthy. Uh, Dylan definitely takes, uh, and I'm pretty sure you guys have heard the stories, but Dylan takes being UW starting quarterback very serious. I, I don't think we can underestimate that. Like, especially with his personality. Um, there's, I personally, I don't know how you guys feel. I'm curious how Sam feels, but I he, I don't think he's getting caught from behind. Um, just with his type of personality, he's always going to grind to be the best he can be. Um, and you're going to really have to 
be a lot better than him to unseat him. So, um, and in relation to Sam, I see Sam um, getting a little bit more comfortable. Um, but I'll say any progression we see from him has probably come from Dylan's understanding of the offense and kind of trickling it down to him. He's still on his um, kind of easier read or fade ball um, vibes. It's all kind of just, okay, don't know what I'm seeing here. 50 50. And, and that works. You know, Trevor Lawrence got away with that in one of these uh, national championship games where his guys just kept going up there and snagging, snagging yeah, balls. So got his, it, you know what I mean? Um, you know, T. Higgins, people like that. So, Justin Ross. So, when you have those types of guys, it, it makes you look better. Um, but it also, we see that that's also a recipe when you have the receivers. So, um, but I, I'll say Sam, Sam definitely was QB3 until Patty got hurt. And then when Patty got hurt, uh, Sam definitely kind of snagged QB2, in my opinion. For So, yeah, it's definitely Dylan's job. Yeah, but, but I think that they're still, like, certainly, obviously, given the legacy, it would really – I mean, I think it would be premature to, to speculate. But, like, if Dylan owns his job for, for, for three years, like, yes, he's not a prototype of the league early, but if you – if Dylan wins ten games three years in a row, shit, audio. Um, if Dylan wins, you know, ten plus games three years in a row, that's going to be attractive. Um, you know, particularly if you know if, if he proves that he's you know dialed in the deep ball. Um, I mean, it's a good problem to have. Let's just. Did you say three years in a row? Or two? Yeah, I'm. I'm saying like three. I'm, Oh, okay. hypothetically yeah. saying like because Dylan is yeah, essentially gotcha. still a freshman because of the COVID year like we yeah. have the like it, there was a tweet this week it was like there's 75 freshmen on this team whether they're true freshmen it's COVID insane. freshmen that was the fact that Fod yeah. Tui has four years of eligibility <laughs> it's beginning to Crazy. look a lot like Christmas <laughs> And uh, so I've, I haven't been to any of the fall practices, uh, but I do want to say shout out to Jimmy Lake for giving access to fans and media because I've watched a ton of videos. Like I'm usually, I'm obviously getting ready, excited for the season, but I'm still dialing with, with recruiting. I kind of put that aside given circumstances, but yeah, I've been able to like watch so many videos of practice and, uh, talk to people who's been there, and I was hoping to go to the scrimmage last week, but something came up. And yeah, I think that's awesome that he's doing that for at least a period of time to give the the fans some access to things we haven't really seen before. And you know, I think that's good for the most part for uh, just the fans and just the whole program in general. But yeah, I, I'm excited. Like, so we talked about quarterback a lot, and there's there's a few other positions that are kind of up in the air or i mean we may know who's going to start but uh yeah like you know there's the outside linebacker who's going to be the second starter there uh and then there's the safety positions that could be sleeper there maybe uh and then yeah i mean running back too that's kind of i mean we have an idea but like going to the camp we had four guys that could start there and I'm glad to see uh, Big Dick Newton and 
uh, Cam Davis. Sounds like they're taking on the one-two role there. Yeah, so that's cool to see. And yeah, I mean, I've seen all the videos and everything was great. And I'm excited too. I'm excited for a lot of our wide receivers. And hey, who was the guy that was talking up Taj Davis several months Come ago? DJ was. DJ was. <laughs> Let's go. And Hood, the Hood, Hood was too before he got on here. But yeah, so hey, if he can contribute, like it sounds like he he, he might. Yeah, hey, 13 that, for 197 for in the live scrimmage is wild. Yeah. Think, think about no, no, uh, no receiver does that to us. So no. just think right. about how Dylan was able to specifically kind of just go to him and be like, I'm going to keep doing it. And you're not going to be able to. That's something we we have not seen. Sam did it a couple yeah. times too, but like, you're you're not going to be able to stop what I'm doing. You know, uh, so we, Taj, uh, it's it's figuring out where the gaps are from the receiver standpoint and the quarterback looking for that receiver that's got it figured out. Can we talk? Yeah, about and Jack having like that viable, like the viable second and third option at receiver. I mean, man, and a quarterback who can who can make that happen, like that's a such mm-hmm. a huge thing. Like we saw that like after like the exit of Ross and Pettis and it was just tough. I remember that when Ross left and then Pettis was like the guy and there was really nobody else that would step up and take that like number two, number three role that was just reliable. And so it became a situation where, you know, we, if, if Pettis wasn't there, then we didn't really have much. Right. Sorry, yep. Jacob, you were in a, you were in a, uh, you know, I was just going to say uh, juice Westover. Yeah. Jack Westover over the last couple of days. Uh, has had some pretty pretty sick highlights, and I know we've had a lot of conversations, or, or there have been a lot of conversations about how he's likely just the the H back fullback type of deal. But some of these one handed catches that he's making in the back of the end zone with DBs draped all over him does not look like a halfback fullback to me. The the no, formations but... that they're running too to get their tight ends um, targets are crazy. Like they're they're running empty sets with. Uh, three tight ends on one side. That's so awesome. Oh, let's have Quinn Moore in line, and then let's put Westover in line, and then oh, let's line up K-Dot now. Like, what? It, it's, yeah, it's, and, it's crazy. We should be recruiting the top tight ends across the country every year with that kind of shit. Uh, seriously. Or H-back. It is, it's honestly with Westover. I mean, <laughs> the guy, it's, a, it's a name that you don't think about when you think about yeah. like our tight and H-back, but it's like, it, it's almost honestly starting to get to the point where it's like, you know, what room is like deeper and better? Is it the DBs <laughs> or the tight ends? Like you can make a really or strong line. case for the tight ends yeah. too. Because or line, right? Like, a little, man. Because Deb Culp's playing a little of that H-back spot yeah. too. Yeah. 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 Hey, hey Squints, have you been to practice at all? Yeah, I haven't this year. Uh, I went to the, the spring stuff, not this, not the practice. That's right. You sat like 15 rows behind me and I didn't even know. Yeah. Later. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I mean, up until the night before, Tugs didn't even remember that I was going to be there with Ian Hood the next day. So. <laughs> Shout out, Tugs. Safety um, time too. So, I'm trying to yeah, figure out who's started there, man. That's kind of tough. Uh, I just know it, it. It is unfortunate, but it does kind of seem like Ace is kind of falling a little bit behind in in fall mm-hmm. camp. I'm not surprised. Um, I mean, not being surprised, but then also having like a very good safety that potentially doesn't get to play or, you know, has started for two years and isn't that guy anymore. Just it is an unfortunate situation. So uh, I definitely empathize with what's going on there. But but we see somebody like McKinney go and 
be a starter, starter for Utah. So that's yeah. wild to me. But, I did not. Yeah, but, I know. But the other the other piece of it, and, and I think uh, Dog Pound pounded out. I was listening to some of their podcasts. The development is not always linear. And you can have guys that come in, start, and take a step back. And then, I mean, and look at how many guys under the this coaching staff have not necessarily lit the world on fire early in their career. And, and the fans started to write them off. And then, you know, as juniors and seniors, they suddenly, become, you know, as juniors, they become solid contributors. And as seniors, they're very good players for us. You know, Tani Tupo, Jalen Johnson, any number of guys. Um you know, and I think with this staff, I, I think with their expertise in development, I'm. I think it's premature to write any player completely off before True. junior year, and even then. Yeah, look at yeah, like Kyler. Yeah. Look at Kyler Gordon. I mean, the guy who's been yeah. mostly a special teams contributor for us. He was in the slot a lot last year, but like he's stuck with the process. I mean, and God, think about a guy like Julius Irvin. I mean, he's had shoulder no, no, issues no. and all that, but. Yeah. Man, he's going to be a stud. He's going to be a stud. He's stuck with it, and he's, man, I'm so happy for him. He's been grinding, and he's going to burst on the scene this year. Um, Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Guys like Dom, like, man, and Dom's been, what, in our program for three-plus years? like different position. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. (laughs) And so he's finally finding his way, right? And it's like that, that just, like, that pressure of, like, the DB room, and, like, it just breeds just – NFL talent and it's yep. going to take some time and you got to be patient. But if you trust the process, like you're going to get there, you're going to get your time. You're going to shine. It might only be for like a year as a starter, but then you're, then you're to the league, right? Then you punch your ticket. Yeah. If you would have told me two years ago that Asa Turner and Cam Williams weren't our starters at safety after starting much of their freshman year, I would have said, what five stars did we get in that yeah. meantime? But we I think that just shows. What's that? I said we don't get five stars. Yeah, yeah, I know. That. But you, you would think they're like locks. Hold on, hold on. Well, yeah, we. Josh oh yeah, Connerly. yeah. You would think they would have been locks to start for two more years, being the true freshman the way they played. But yeah. I just like as you mentioned, F Mac and others, like with Julius Irvin, the development there, and some of these other guys coming in and taking taking their spots essentially, and just. I don't know. Yeah, the development is crazy at DB, and I wish we can get those high four stars or five stars more often. It'd be crazy to see development there, but yeah. Or and you know, kind of, second date Harris. I mean, or second, <laughs> you know, or, or, or rebound guy Harris. But you know, we, we see those guys <laughs> come around again. <laughs> better on the second date, not the first. <laughs> but uh, somebody uh, who's kind of the opposite of that, who's kind of fought off all of the four stars and the potential walk-ons, et cetera, in Jackson Sermon, who's yep. had probably, and I had to show him some love because he's probably had the best fall camp uh, or the best uh, off season of any defensive player, you know, so. Let's talk, let's talk about, that, hold on, hold on. Let's hood. talk about that, him for sure. Yeah. That, that makes me so happy. Cause like you see, you see, you watch him when you, you know, you're, you're watching film, watching replays, like, He's he's decently athletic, like he's he's usually in the right spots, and it's just not hasn't been clicking, right? It's it's either just a lack of aggression, a lack of like laying the wood, a lack of just being that fit, physical person that you know he could, can be, just not quite there, and that that, that makes me really happy. I, that's been my biggest worry on this team, is that other inside linebacker position, 
And, you know, I was coming into this, I was hoping to hear, you know, some of the the other guys who might be pushing for a sermon spot. But hearing that makes me really happy and and gives me a lot of confidence in this defense. Danny, Danny definitely, uh, Danny definitely pushed him. Uh, Yeah, good, good. I'm glad to hear Danny's injury isn't serious, that he's probably back next week, it sounds Ooh, like. So yeah. that's that's huge. That's huge. Pain management at this point. I've been, What's that? I've been waiting. Pain management at this yeah. point. That's going to be kind of J-Mac, too, a little bit. Like, well, he's gonna, J-Mac's going to be out longer, but yeah. There's instructional issues, but like it, it's definitely going to be a pain management thing in relation to coming back. We're gonna need it though too. Like that, that like linebacker is one of those things where guys get nicked up. Yep. And you yep. know, so I'm I'm For glad sure. to hear that like Tafisi is back, and you know we're yeah. we're gonna get some we're gonna have some depth there a little bit. I mean, we took some hits with Calvert, right, and Mika Ayu. Um, so Will. man, Will La too, yeah. <sighs> Although it sounds like Will might might bounce back. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, oh, it's no. kind of it's like a re it's like a rehashing of like the reason that we kind of softened on him when we were recruiting. Mm-hmm. It sounds like so hopefully he can, you know, get his mind right. God bless and figure it out. A name to keep an eye on uh, as like an Eddie kind of Ulafo Shield type deal. Uh, Carson Bruner. I mean, mm, dude. Yeah. And when I tell you flashes, like he flashes. His splash plays are some all-conference type level splash plays. They, you could tell they why they don't know what to do with him. Go outside. No, actually, go inside. Go, go outside. Go. Uh, Cooper McDonald was recruited inside, and they haven't even sniffed him inside. Yeah, we'll just stay on the edge. But Carson has gone back and forth just because of his versatility and just his uh, willingness to kind of soak up the defense. Uh, saw a couple plays where he just kind of knifed uh, in into the backfield. One, he didn't um, finish the tackle, but the other one, he popped Caleb Berry, you know, in the hole. So, watch out for Carson. Nice. I mean, you know, those bloodlines, you know, there's something in the DNA and something in the in the instincts, you know, from second generation, third generation players for sure. Um, yeah, and I'm super glad to, to hear that about Danny Hammer as well. He's been one of my, like, this guy is going to be so good for us for a long time if you can you know like like Irvin just put the pieces together or stay healthy long enough um anything we want to else we want to talk about from fall camp takeaways or should we move on to some you know kind of what we think are we, we've talked uh, I, I don't think any of us are really changing our predictions you know game to game season record as dukish as they were um but in terms of predictions on you know who's going to be basically the award winners um specific to the UW team we ready to move on to offensive player of the year, defensive player of the year, newcomer of the year on both sides of the ball. Surprise. Yes, All right. So yeah, let's, uh, let's just go around the horn. Um, and hood, we can start with you, um, at the end of the year, as we look back on this one or, or who's your call right now, who's our offensive player of the year. Oh man. Uh, I'm gonna have to go with, uh, I'll go with Dylan Morris. It's a, it's a zero yeah, step that's... easy layup, but yep. I'm stealing it. Uh, he said, "I go first. I'm taking Dylan." <laughs> <laughs> I like, yeah, Hood with the Euro step laying. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll go ju- second then. <laughs> oh, I'll go second it. then. Kate Otten. 
Ah, shit. <laughs> F Matt, go ahead. Oh, man. J Cap. So I guess the, the other one would be like, um, you know, Jackson Kirkland, I guess. Yep. Like he, yeah. okay. man, the guy's, he's just like the, especially, especially he's going to go against some talent this year, too, right? Like he's going to yep. see, he's going to see top, uh, you know, a top 10 pick, right? And he's going to see other talent, too. So, he could be, you know, he could be a guy that that we look at and be like, man, he just had a beast of a year, and he's a, he's the type of guy that with that performance, he could vault himself into being like a late first round pick if he if he yep. shows out. So I mean, hey, offensive linemen never win offensive player of the year, but you know, if I, you know, if I had to pick somebody that's still on the board, that would be one. Squints or D- Squints, DJ. Anybody else that anybody else you you want to throw into the conversation? Uh, I mean, you got to go with one of the wide receivers. I'm not really sure uh, which one of them it's it's going to be. I don't know if it's you know I've heard Bynum's looking really good. I've, I've never been super high on him, but when you're you know tearing up this defense in in fall camp, like that's got to say for something. But uh, you. I want to throw Roman there just because he's so big and so athletic. You know, if he can, he can be one of those guys where, you know, the offense isn't quite clicking and you get him open, you get him a little bit of space and he starts making plays for you. You know, you start uh, out jumping some, some smaller defensive backs and all of a sudden you got, you know, two touchdowns in a game, do that a couple games in a row, you know, it's that get, gets you in the, in the conversation. James uh, appreciates that. Yeah. All right. Well, <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, I'm glad nobody said it because I'm gonna take Dick. That's that's gonna be. Hey. Oh God. <laughs> Somebody clip that. <laughs> no man, you can't. That's, what else is prediction. new? <laughs> oh man, you stole it. <laughs> <laughs> out of pocket is correct <laughs> that's our brand though um i was gonna say no one said cam davis yet but yeah dj took dick so it's fine yeah i'll, I'll say if you know if uh i'll say you know i'll say cam or or, oh or an off the radar you know uh yeah i'll, I'll say cam <laughs> yeah not my prediction i think it's gonna be demo um but i but i think uh, cam i think i think we're gonna have a nice little one-two punch and uh um. Yeah. Lake shouted out Luke Wattenberg. Yeah. So yeah. That's, that's Lake's choice. Well, that was Lake's choice for breakout player, not offensive player of the Which, year. Yeah. Player. Yeah. We'll. Yeah, we'll go. Uh, we'll go back around. Or do we want to differentiate breakout player of the year or newcomer of the year on the offensive side of the ball, or do we want to do those separately? That's right. I, I think breakout player of the year is going to be Cam. Uh, I, I, well, yeah. I, I'm going to say it's Rome. Okay. That's a good choice, too. I'm going to go Rome. Mark Redman season. Let's go. Whoa. I don't know, though. I mean, Julius I've Buelo heard... season. Julius yeah, yeah. If you, yeah, if you want to go O-line, yeah. Yeah. Actually, let's talk about him real quick, because I was, like, super disappointed when I saw him. Maybe, I think it was his freshman year. Like he was a big boy, but he was big. Like he was probably three seventy. Three. I mean, he was pushing. 
He was, he was, yeah, he would get on the field a little bit and he'd kind of waddle out there. It's, he sounds like he's really put in the work. So all credit him. Yeah. 330 now. Yeah. Was, was credited for essentially like playing with a nasty edge and firing off. That was yeah. by three separate people is that they've really appreciated uh, his first step in firing off. Does kind of still seem like a lumberer, um, to be honest, which is kind of the same lumbering type of pulling that MJ um, had, but yeah, great first step. Yeah. Anybody else for uh, breakout players on the offensive side? We've talked Rome, we've talked DJ, we talked to Bulow. I think it'll probably be one of the wide receivers. Oh, no. Here we go. <laughs> I had Zeke to. Zeke Palour. <laughs> yeah. I, I think it'll be one of the wide receivers. Uh, Taj Davis. Big step, Taj Davis. And yeah, honestly, yeah, like, I don't know on. if he yeah, I don't think he'd be considered a breakout player, but the way things are sounding, like I'm take I'm I'm expecting big bigger things from uh Bynum. You know, like yeah, yeah, yeah. being the for sure top guy, it sounds like. Uh but yeah, so Sawyer Racanelli. Yeah, Sawyer. So like yeah. I think I just want to say one of the wide receivers is just gonna pop more than yep. what yep. we expect. While we're on wide receivers, just really quick, pointing to um, our new quality control coach, uh, Anthony Schwantz, for hooking up Junior Adams with that LSU yeah. offseason, that 10,000 um, of our guys. I'll throw them out there with them goggles on, looking like a ant. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, newcomer of the year offense. Oof. Wait, so we got three. This is a third category now, yeah. Yeah, we're <laughs> like, yeah, or yeah. Like, we we did the player of the year and then breakout, and now we got newcomer. Is that right, or did I? Yeah, am I, yeah. Okay. I, yeah. I, or I mean, we we can combine them, or or like I was thinking, you know, I mean, you know, somebody truly new to the program, you know, the the Giles Jacksons, Quinn the, Moore, yeah, the Jabez. Oh Moore, yeah, that's a good. Get, let, yeah, let's. Yeah. Can we steer clear of the portal because that's kind of easy, right? That's like, let's that's challenge true. it. That's you all step yeah. in, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm going to go first, and I'm going to do it again. Run it back. I'll, Sam Heward, in garbage time, I'm excited to see, you know, him three-step drop, close his eyes, and throw one of them beautiful fade balls. Did you, you say run to Oregon to put us up like 35? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Did you That's say Sam Heward or Sam Adams? No, oh, he said Sam Heward. Sam Heward. Oh. He said running back Sam Heward. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Was, he did. Okay. Or maybe he said run it back. Run it. Oh, back. okay. okay. There we go. There we go. Oh, gotcha. Sorry, good. Sorry, good. Run it back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Anybody else on that? Uh, yeah, I mean, other newcomers on offense. I mean, it's really Sam or or Quentin. Yeah, Quentin. That's really it. Yep. 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 Yo, uh, yep. watch out for Jabez. I'm telling yeah, you. Jabez, Jabez for sure. Yeah. But not He's not this year, but for sure. I don't even know, but they might get him in them four games. The way he was saucing some of them corners off the line, I was like, his short area quickness is crazy. It is crazy. His short area, those corners could not, it didn't matter who it was, they could not get their hands on him. I think as a slot receiver, I mean, I know we got brought in Giles, but 
we have a lot of true like you know wideouts, and in terms of like slot and you know intermediate route like 10 yep. to 15 yard options outside of Kate Otten and tight ends like we don't have a lot of guys who are just super shifty find that open space like I could see him filling that role again you know you know probably a stretch to call it this year but like I he with you know with how he played at Kennedy and like his route running ability like he's polished like he's ready to go on the route running for sure like he he's ready to go so he, if he can, if he can, you know, learn the playbook, which I think is probably what it what it is, right, and get some time and 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 earn some trust from Demo, then I could see that. I could see it. Mm-hmm. All right, let's uh, let's flip it over to the Death Row Dogs defense. Going to be unanimous. Start. Yeah, defense should be. Of the year. Somebody else go first. Eddie. Eddie. Yeah. 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 Eddie. Unanimous. No, it's not. Oh, I no. saw oh, oh, McDuffie. Nope. Run. Oh, Gordon. As the oh, okay. Whoa. Whoa. All the quarterbacks gonna look at McDuffie clamping. That's a spicy take. One. That's true. That's true. And they're gonna and not he is the best tackling corner in the country. So what side do you think people are gonna run to? So it's not only going to be his opportunities in the past game, it's going to be his opportunities for TFL, stopping screens, etc. If we have any issues at slot, who do you think is probably going to take a wide receiver one that moves to the slot? The athleticism of Kyler Gordon. So that's who I will say. I'm going to say if he's healthy, the, the outside, the dark horse, Thule. I was I thinking about one of the interior he's got two legs that would be huge. I think it's going to be Thule. Mm-hmm. Honestly, um, I hope you're right, though, Hooligan, because, yeah, if we yeah. get one of our D-tackles stepping up like that, that's that's a game-changer. Like, like him or one of them or Sermon being if, the impact player, yeah. Yeah, if, if Thule is our defensive player of the year, then our defense is it's a wrap. ridiculous. Uh, yeah, yeah it's, uh, it's a wrap for all of the Pac-12, and Michigan can uh, go I fuck do. themselves. <laughs> but they can do that yeah, anyway. Yeah, but, well, they can hmm. do that. Yeah, yep. valid. Yeah, if they can, if they, if the interior can eat up blocks and keep them off, Eddie and uh, Jackson, then I think we're in good shape. I think we're in yeah. Really if Eddie good and shape. Jackson are, are playing yeah. clean the entire season, defensive MVP splits. Uh, the only potential dark horse is uh, well, not not really that dark horse, but if ZTF can make it back. Yes, sir. Uh, yeah. I mean that's that's the easy one. Uh, and all uh, a potential dark horse is uh, um, I've heard some good rumblings about uh, Braylon Trice. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. apparently he's got some good, good pass rush, uh, various moves he can go to. And a couple of those guys are going to flash. Yep. Yeah. For sure, Squints. Are... Like a couple of those guys are going to flash between between Braylon and Savvy and McDonald, Jeremiah Martin. Like they're all going to get run. And they're going to be fresh and like this. Some of those guys are going to flash. Like I might, you know, if you could, if you could pick a position group, maybe that like that might be the position group that's going to make a massive difference, right? Like that could be, they could be special, right? You know, like, and then if ZTF comes back, it's just like that's just like, you know, gravy, right? If he comes back week six or seven, oh man, yeah. look out! You know, you guys can say his name, right? The Quiet Storm. Ryan Bowman, you know you guys can say it, right? I know. Yeah, I can. I know. Ryan's very solid. Like, 
He's uh, that's the he's the type of guy that like you don't you don't realize like how big of an impact he's making until he's not there, right? So look back at the Stanford game last year. You don't realize how big of an impact he's making until he's gone, and then it's like, oh man, like we we need that guy. So he yeah, he he's totally he's exactly right. Like he he's so valuable to what we do yeah. on defense. And he's versatile in that he can move inside and and yep. stand up against some of those big guys. I mean, that's why we lost the Stanford yeah, that, game. That, that three down lineman set. Yeah. Well, yeah. 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 We just All couldn't right. hold that five five technique. Uh, kind of inside the tight end, we just kept getting washed out, and that's something he can you know has no problem doing. I love going inside. Um, yeah. Yep. Yeah. All right. Let's do breakout. Somebody else go first. Break I'll, take this, I'll take this one. I'll take this one. Go ahead, uh, uh, Julius Irvin. He's the. Uh, he's my good my guy. I mean, he's been around. He's, yeah, I mean, he is a he's a stud athlete. Like that guy is just a beast. And to see him actually like get healthy and now vying for a starting spot, like that's the guy I'm most excited about. Who wants to go next? Otherwise, I think I'm going to piss people off by who I take. Honestly. Oh, boy. Go ahead, bro. Do it. I, I, I sang yeah. about him already. Fa'atui Tuatele. He is going to, if he is healthy and he's our third defensive tackle, you know, behind kind of, I would assume that he's going to, you know, probably be mostly third and snaps behind Taki and Tuli. He is going to wreck some shit. Mm-hmm. And. I'm gonna be getting popcorn every damn time. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not saying you're wrong or anything, but I feel like those three, Tuli, Taki, and Tuitele, are. I feel like would get an even split of reps. Yeah, um, that's, I don't, that's I don't very think probably that true. he's behind them. Uh, I don't view him as behind Absolutely. them in any way. But no, that's a good for, point. For me, in terms of a breakout player to continue with the defensive line, though. Um, some of these second and third year players are going to get some run. Noah and Galu, that's my guy. Yep. Break so this is yeah. Go go ahead. I'll run. I'll run with Mish. Oh yeah. There you, there you go. Second team right now. Definitely on some special teams, laying the wood, popping some folks. Uh, that did man, that hit he put on Quentin was something else. I was there, and it was uh, it was hilarious. Dad stood up yelling, "Real dog smell blood! Real dog smell blood!" <laughs> oh, I love that. I love it. Uh, I was too. Like the the the, uh, the series before when they were going the other direction, like both of them taking a while to get up. Oh yeah, keep that O'Day pipeline strong. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay, I'll, I'll go. I don't know who J-Cap has one too, but this is more just a, a hope, I guess, but who I want to break out, Savelle Smalls. That's mm. that's who I want to see. Okay. And, yeah. yep. man, I, I don't I don't expect that early on, but I can see I can see the light come on like later halfway through the season or something like that, and he just start dominating. So, yeah, that's I – mean, he- he, he's a COVID freshman. Like, let's yeah. not forget, yep. like, it is so premature to say that what we saw from Savelle, you know, wasn't enough last year in it. And he definitely had moments where he flashed. He abused an Oregon State offensive tackle who outweighed him by 60 pounds <laughs> a couple of times. Like, um, 
But yeah, Jcap, uh, anybody else not weighed in on a breakout? I said Noah, so. Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Savvy, yeah. Bad. Savvy, Savvy was going to be mine, too. Yeah. Savvy oh, was going to oh. be mine because he, 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 fla- he flashes and it's about consistency for him. And mm-hmm. I think a year, a year in the program, getting his body right, getting like the consistency and the urgency just down after down, right? When he gets his reps, when he gets his opportunities, like that's a big thing, right? It's easy to flash when you're a five star, right? But like that consistency and that just like understand the level that in like the hype you need to to operate at every single rep and chance that you get, like that's a different, that's a different just a different level of intensity in college football. And I think that's going to click for him or I hope it does this year. And so, and if it does, if that light turns on, like you said, DJ, like, I mean, it, he'll go bonkers because all the physical was, tools are there. I think it was Lake that was like um, super uh, happy about his uh, performance last year, but then was just like the thing for him was Stanford was able just to kind of out savvy him. Like no pun intended, I guess, but like was able to kind of like, Use veteran tactics and veteran schemes towards his side, et cetera. So, like, right, right on, F. Mac, man. As soon as he kind of figures out some of the the vet moves and the vet tricks and of some of the big time programs and some of the good right left tackles, oh yeah. And for all the true freshmen last year, is it? Do they still have five years to play four with the COVID year? I think yeah, so. bro. That's wild. Right. Can you can you touch on the point that you've been that you've been making, but I don't feel like is landing super well on on Twitter, which is the idea that it's like, hey, we like there's basically two freshman classes have been stacked up, and now all the people are still mm-hmm. offering full classes, and like like at some point, like like you have to pay the piper on that or whatever you yeah. want to use, right? Like something has to give there. Like, can you, can you please articulate that a little bit? Like, exactly. And so how do you, like, how do you just, how do you justify just like still taking classes of like the, you know, big classes when you know that you basically have two freshman classes stacked up, it doesn't make sense. You're going to have to, something's got to give, right? So the, the article that I reference always is like, it was initially the Yahoo one and there were just quotes like, they use words like ethical and stuff, teach their own, right? But it was like some people were just going to play the waiting game, like ask their guys, hey, do you guys plan on leaving or no? And then just trusting what they say and associating how many scholarships you're going to offer, et cetera, to the next class off the strength of who tells you who's going to. But then, you know, kids are flaky. Things happen. So people that are doing it that way are going to kind of fall behind is what they were saying. Um, but then people who are doing the opposite, just going to take full classes are at some point going to have to push some kids out, you know, um, or there's something that these coaches know um, that is going to be accommodated. They're going to be accommodated to down the, down the road. Cause at the end of the day, if Bama's doing it, if Oregon's, if the SEC is doing it, I feel like the NCAA is probably going to accommodate them more so than kind of stick to their guns. So, I mean, that's kind of something I've been thinking about as well, but um they already did, yeah. right? They already changed the roster size, right? Yep, yep. Yeah. Um, but but as far as like in relation to recruiting, another reason why I'm 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 really not tripping is like look at um, Ohio State. Uh, the first tar- the first two targets of their spring game were to Jamison Williams. Like with, I think it was QB one throwing to him as well. 
and he immediately transfers after yeah. the game. You know what I mean? And goes to Bama, and that now is one of the breakout receivers, best receivers on Bama. Like, those are the things that are going to happen, especially with all these force outs. You're going to see force, high four-star, high five-star, et cetera, guys go into the portal just for playing time, um, just because the turnover on these teams is going to be crazy. So, yeah, and high school freshmen are the ones who are, you know, mostly kind of, or sorry, uh, high school seniors are the ones who are missing out here. And I don't know about you, but would you rather take a, a Buki over a, you know, a high school senior? For me personally, absolutely. Would I rather accept, uh, appreciate the comment, would I rather accept somebody like G. Scott coming in to feel like a Hunter Bryant kind of tight end hybrid receiver role in our room? Absolutely. You know what I mean? So, yeah, watch out for that portal. Appreciate the love on that FMAC, too, because I don't know. It's really not sticking, and I don't think it's not something on the field. So I think people aren't really, like, super paying attention to it, and it's kind of foresighty. But uh, it is. Yeah, I think I think yeah. you're right, Hood. I think that's what it is. And people get caught up in, like, the, you know, we talk about the offseason natty and yep. all, like, yeah, the, yeah. you know, it's it's kind of the flashy new, you know, object and, and recruit. And you don't realize that, like, hey, like, at some point the math just doesn't work. Right. So like right. something's got to give here and people are just kind of like, oh, yeah, I, I think like I, I think they're kind of hoping that the NCAA will just like, you know, wave a magic wand yeah. and make it all go away. Mm-hmm. Um, when has the NCAA and I, ever done that? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it could happen. Right. And like I said, like they already expanded the roster to accommodate a little bit of that. But still, yeah. people are just going bonkers, taking as many recruits as they can get. And at some point, like it's got to give. So yeah. I don't know. It'll be. You know, save save those tweets, Hood, because <laughs> you're gonna look you're gonna you're gonna look real smart here in a couple of years well, for sure. What I what I was gonna I, I agree. What I was <laughs> what I was gonna say. Not that you don't look smart now. I'm just saying, like, if, save those. <laughs> if anything is, you know, a, a magic wand is waved and it goes away, it's potentially the NCAA itself. Um, and two, uh, in terms of why a lot of people are having a, a hard time understanding it, and particularly <clears throat> TTDS uh, Twitter, <laughs> is that it's nuanced and you know involves math, and those are things that you know ni- neither of those things levels. is something Duck Twitter is good at. Eighth grade, reading yeah. Levels. By by the way, G Junior, come home, man. If you want to come home, come yeah. home. We love you. Facts. Facts. Come home. I agree. It's all love. But- Either, you know, tear, tear it up at Ohio State or come home. I'm, we're good either way. Love it. I yep, respect yep, that a yep. lot. Appreciate yep. that. Um, we all right. So we did breakout. Yeah, or newcomer. Yeah, or or we, did, uh, we, we did breakout. We didn't do newcomer. You guys want to do that? We can, and then we can talk about the Alliance. Ne- we'll, we'll talk about the Ooh. Alliance next week because we're at an hour and a half at this point. Yeah, next um, week. But uh, yeah, newcomer uh, who wants to go first, and I, I think somebody's probably going to steal my guy from, I'm from our recruiting episode. All right, I'll go then. And it's it's my buddy from uh, from East High School. It's a boy. Ooh, I, I got the, I like got the... that. That person. Hood, you're on mute. If you're trying to talk. Yep, I sure was. Classic but, uh... Zoom. <laughs> The other uh, D lineman that was there in the spring, um, I got Pejopa. Uh My goodness, uh, you were asking about 
people from uh, spring and fall camp that just stood out. Um, he was involved in a lot of the fights. There <laughs> <laughs> we go. That. Um, Luke and Luke getting a little nasty with him. Him getting a little nasty with him. Um, oh yeah, oh yeah, Mister Number Ninety Eight. Yep, that was my guy. You're welcome. If you're talking about newcomers of the year and ignoring the portal, it's really only Quao and, and Voy that are going to get any chance this year. Ah, uh, red shirts, red shirt freshmen. That's true. True, yeah, some of the DBs. Who was just featured in the last video we saw. Jacoby. Come on. Let's go. <laughs> Shout out to Dream Karina. Corner. Yeah. Yeah, oh, honestly, yes, that's yes. What I, hold that's on, hold on one second. Yeah, Shout ahead. out to Karina Covington because she was on the train of Oatmeal Cookies Are Trash. Thank you, Mama Covington, <laughs> for validating me. Y'all better leave me alone. No. Cry, Leah. Yeah. Shut up, JCap. <laughs> <laughs> She's on Washington <laughs> Wednesday, though, so I, I, I cannot say anything bad about Karina Covington. But yeah, JCap. Karina wrong. Covington. Good. Thank Fuck you. them raisins and oatmeal cookies. Fuck <laughs> them raisins. That is fast. Are there chocolate chips in these cookies or just raisins? Oatmeal raisin cookies are the worst, period. They're the worst. If they're oatmeal chocolate chip, I'm on board. It's, it's not my favorite. But yeah, <laughs> the raisins oh, now. Yeah. My grandma used to make I'm, me. I'm going to really trigger J-Cap. Oh, that's, I like oatmeal that. Oatmeal coconut Ooh, chocolate cool. chip. Oh, Go fuck yourself. Oh, no. <laughs> that's, that's, that's worse. Go fuck. <laughs> fuck the fuck off. <laughs> yes, yeah. that's my fuck the fuck off this week. That's my line, Yeah. No, for if we're going newcomers, I'm going to cheat and say Bookie, if only for that he looks like he's like halfway through his second NFL contract like that, that dude just looks <laughs> fucking mean big like acts like yeah. a yeah, yeah. I, I don't got time for this shit anybody anymore yeah. go lay somebody out okay for any definitely watch. has like a, a second a second year NFL contract like energy <laughs> yeah. I love it it's so true yeah for so for true. any any watch people that listen to the podcast the, him rocking a, a open work royal oak offshore at the db dinner is just stupid no college player should how ever, much is that worth ever, again jay cap 130 grand oh my god Boy, <laughs> at minimum at minimum 130 Damn. Yeah, yeah. He, I mean, he, he's the he's the type of kid that you can just tell. Like he had like shout out Joe Husky. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. He's he's the type of kid that had like nil figured out before it was even a thing mm-hmm. with the NCAA. Like he already had, like he you could tell. Like he he runs he 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 runs his social accounts like a, he's running a business. Yes, sir. Like he's just like intentional in everything that he's doing. Uh, I love it. And if for nothing else, like I. I love him, I, but I would say if we if we're not doing him, I I would go with like a, I would go the Jacoby or a Zakari, um, just to put Ooh, someone Zachary. else in the mix because you the conventional wisdom is that like hey the closer you are to the line of scrimmage the harder it is to make an impact early if you're young yeah. right, um and so I would I would go DB and yeah Zakari or Jacoby I mean man 
I could see, you know, I could see those guys flashing for sure. I mean, the DB RT room is so tough, though, to break through. That's the only reason I, I shy away from that. And I agree with the DL picks. But, yeah, I, I love those guys. I love those two. I mean, when you have Hood picking a DB walk-on as your break breakout player, <laughs> yeah, it's going to be pretty tough for a newcomer to, to make some way. All right, I think we can wrap it up. We'll talk about the Alliance next week. We'll talk about a preview of Montana. We're not going to dive deep, super deep into, you know, any concerns we have on Montana because we don't have any, but... (laughs) Hooligan, I got one more thing. I forgot I wanted to do this during the bad tweets, but it's it's a bad text. I'm in a group (laughs) chat with some friends that I know and we're Husky fans. And he said, because he's a Demo hater, he said, oh, Huskies are going... Seven and six this year. Fuck you, Colton. You're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, seriously. Well, fuck you, still Colton. Your I don't know who you are. Fuck I, you. I don't know who you are, but Colton, you can fuck off. <laughs> yep. All right. Thanks no, for listening. Go dogs. Go dogs. Go we'll dogs. be back next week. Go dogs. No.